We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Bill 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled. You know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Terrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68. After Hello and welcome in to another edition of Field of 68 After Dark. It is Tuesday, November 28th. I'm your host, John Martin, tonight joined by two gentlemen, longtime basketball coach, former Memphis coach, Georgia Tech coach Josh Pastner is here tonight. John Henson, North Carolina Tar Heel, nine-year NBA veteran. Try to get the 10. Couldn't get the 10. Maybe, right? Is there a chance? Maybe the COVID year or something? Year, you know, I, I got full health care. Unfortunately, my kids don't. It was a sad day when the when the, when the BPA retirement papers came. I knew it was I knew it was over. But uh you're here now. You're you're on the yes, field of sixty eight team. So I don't know if Jeff Goodman offers pensions or not, but uh, maybe we can negotiate that. You know, I'm hoping I get around. some tenure. We got a lot, man, you know. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you're on the right track, man. We got a lot to get to on the show. Obviously, uh, after this show is over, we're going to be on Stadium uh, doing last call where we answer all your burning questions for another half an hour here. So uh, saddle up, baby. Josh, get your uh, – I don't know what you're on over there. You got the. You got some hot tea, some lemonade. What are we drinking tonight? What's the beverage of choice? Well, I actually ate about 10 chicken nuggets before I got on here just to keep my energy going. I've been really doing well – with eating well and doing right but this show has now cost me has hurt me on my diet i've been trying to do well so at 10 30 at night i'm eating 10 chicken nuggets from my kids you know they have these chicken wow. nuggets things so i just got 10 of them just to get me up and maybe re-energize me yeah these uh these chicken nugget things man they're all the rage they're all the rage now in 2023 i had the dinosaur ones they were good uh, there you have it. There's a uh, dinner of champions. Okay. 
Uh, look, let's get this thing underway. Uh, a great win tonight. I think the win of college basketball tonight from the Kentucky Wildcats, uh, number 12 in the country, hosting number eight Miami, previously undefeated. Uh, and, and after what was an 18-2 run by the Hurricanes to get back in it there in the first half, it was all Kentucky the rest of the way, led by freshman guard Reed Shepard. Kentucky gets the win 95-73. to Josh, going to start with you. In an era where it is all about getting as old as you possibly can and picking off in the transfer portal, John Calipari has sort of pushed back against that. And he's brought in freshman guards. He brought in DJ Wagner. He brought in Reed Shepard. It was Reed Shepard tonight. He was really the difference. Um, what do you make of just energy, and, and is it paying off for John Calipari and these Wildcats? Yeah, well, first of all, John, I, I mean, look, Kentucky was outstanding tonight. I mean, they were they were awesome, outstanding, high level. They didn't even he, even have Aaron Bradshaw. I know a lot of people – what's interesting is a lot of people have said, well, when he when Aaron Bradshaw comes back, and for people who haven't watched Aaron Bradshaw, he's a fresh or uh, current freshman, great player in high school, and, he, you know, seven feet, seven one inches, can really play. Um, uh, they'll say even how much better they'll be, which is truthful. However – these last two games, I think they played Marshall, whatever, a few days ago, and they had like 118 points uh, tonight. They're 95. They're really playing at a high clip right now. So, so not that when Bradshaw comes back, how good an extra front court player like him will make him that much better. However, you could also say right now they're playing at a high level, and sometimes you know, do you even want to mess with the mix right now because the mix is really, you know, they're as good as anyone you know, in the country right now, the way they're playing. And, uh, um, and look, Wagner only played 10 minutes this evening and right. he went out with an injury or, you know, like something maybe with his back or something. So, uh, but as you mentioned, Shepard was outstanding, but you know, you talked about the freshman, let me say this, Trey Mitchell was, is a, I know he's been to three or four schools and he's a, so, and he's an older guy and he's a, and he was a transfer portal that Kentucky got late after Bob Huggins, was you know left after with the issue at West Virginia he became available really late he has been big for Kentucky look they would have lost to St. Joe's you know whatever that was a week and a half or so ago Trey Mitchell hit huge threes from the top of the key in key times and tonight as great as Shepard was Mitchell's got 14 points you know he's got seven assists you know he's got five rebounds he was efficient two blocks he's just a you know, he, he can make them go offensively because you can play through Trey Mitchell. And and he's mm -hmm. almost like a point guard in a sense of the way that he plays. Um, and and um, so you got to credit, obviously, Coach Calipari, Kentucky. But as good as our young guys are, you can't forget a guy like Trey Mitchell. John, the sample size is, is getting bigger here with Kentucky. They were up at half on Kansas in the Champions Classic. They now – absolutely dominated Miami uh, as part of this ACC, SEC challenge. It's been a while since this team has made a Final Four, probably too long for that fan base. Do you see a team, given what we've seen so far, that does indeed have that ceiling? Yeah, they do. I mean, anytime you can get 30, what's just 37 points off the bench, um, more specifically with Shepard and Denningham coming in and scoring 30 off the bench, you're going to have some success. I I think tonight also was more an indictment on Miami. I, I watched the game. 
Um, I didn't know if they realized that they were at Rupp Arena playing Kentucky prime time on a Tuesday night. I, I didn't see the sense of urgency from them. Um, Omer and Poplar came in the game and, and they started playing well. But once Omer goes out of the game, either with foul trouble or he has a rest, it's kind of like they fall off the cliff. Like there's not really much behind him. As you saw tonight, even with Matthew Cleveland and, and Nigel Pack, if if Miami doesn't get everything from their starting five, there's not much to really go af- go off of. And Kentucky just kept pouring it on. They didn't stop. Shepard comes in. Dillingham comes in at the end when the game was over. He puts it away even more. Wagner goes out. Uh, Mitchell comes. He, he's making some big shots, big plays. Edwards looked good tonight. So they kind of hit a bus all tonight in Kentucky, but I, I think Miami needed to show a little more sense of urgency. This is not your – run-of-the-mill Kentucky team, maybe they've seen the last couple of years. You know, Miami made the Final Four last year, so, you know, maybe they've been they're feeling themselves a little bit. But, you know, I think Kentucky gave them all they wanted, and uh, they had to put a little respect on Kentucky's name because I don't think Miami came in and was respectful of what they could possibly mm. be um, as a team, and, and they, they found out tonight. Uh, so they're probably flying home a little down. And, and I'm a little down on Miami, too. It's one of my favorite ACC teams, and Kentucky kind of throttled them, and, and they're not a young team either. So it's going to be interesting to see how they right. bounce back. Well, John, yeah, and, and, like and a, uh, let me just say this, and, and, and John, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. The other thing with Kentucky is, you know, 26 assists on 37 made field goals. I mean, that yeah. the ball was just moving. I mean, when you have great rhythm, energy, and, and just flow with the ball, and it's like a hot potato, man. When that thing hits you, it keeps moving. I mean, the way they were sharing, of course – they're making shots. They shoot almost 60% from the field and about 42 or 43 from three. That makes a huge difference. Whereas Miami, on the other hand, eight assists on 26 made field goals. Obviously, part of that, they weren't making shots or shooting in the 20% range of threes. And, and Kentucky did a good job of saying, hey, you got to beat us with twos today. I mean, they really – Miami shot a lot of contested shots. I mean, a lot of contested mm-hmm. shots. Kentucky, Kentucky guarded the three-point line well. And – um uh, you know, Miami is a team that can beat you off the bounce one on one. But when when their shots aren't falling and you can really, you know, and they're not beating you with a bunch of twos and then you're not getting stops on the other end. But the the, the way Kentucky moved the ball tonight and I credit that a lot with the way you know they played through Trey Mitchell. I mean, Trey was Trey was really good today to, this evening and, and that he's been big for him. And, and again, as great as their young guys are, as we talked about Shepard and the other the other guys. Mitchell, who's an older guy, you know, he, he does a lot for him that, that sometimes doesn't even show up in the box score as well. Yeah, there, there are, uh, you know, go ahead, John. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Now, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, in, in terms of – I was going to go back to you, Josh, because, you know, DJ is a sort of – I mean, obviously he's the most high-profile freshman that they brought in, the, the son of a former NBA player, DeJuan Wagner. And, you know, you see, you see against maybe, you know, the St. Joe's Marshalls of the world, like he really can get off against, you know, Kansas, Miami. He has sort of struggled a little bit. In terms of, you know, I, I just recall, you know, your time with Joe Jackson, for example, when you bring in a freshman and you sort of give him the reins, what's it like sort of going through, you know, the step up in competition, the step down in competition, and just sort of how you manage, you know, a, a young guard's um, load in that sense? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's uh, Wagner's an elite level talent, but there's a lot of pressure on him. There's no denying that. Obviously, his dad was a great player, played in the NBA, 
Um, you know, his grandfather was a great player at Louisville and uh, played in the pros. What I would tell you, though, is, you know, is, is you, you, you're going to have to – there's a growing pains. There's a learning curve for a freshman. It's just, it, it just is what it is when you're making that transition from high school to college. It's not easy. And, um, you know, and, and you look at, you know, Wagner has not shot the ball well. If you look at his overall stats this year, that's the one thing he hasn't, he hasn't been great from, from, from the perimeter shooting. Uh, whereas a guy like Reed Shepard has shot the daylights out of it, and especially for t tonight. And so yep. shooting is so critical when you're a guard because in college, and, and again, I can't speak on the NBA. I can only speak on just as a basketball guy or watching it from afar. I mean, John would know this better than, than anybody, but um, um, you know, when you're in college and the way defenses are played, um, the way help side can have with the defensive three seconds. And, you know, listen, you play a team and maybe, maybe you're playing a team with one pro on the floor, maybe. And that's just a maybe right. once every blue moon, that's how hard it is to play in the NBA. So a lot of times, you know, we're in the NBA, there's so much spacing. You have guys in the corner, you got the defensive three seconds, Maybe a guy who's not an elite shooter can can. There's more room to do things. It's not like that in college, and you can really load up to the ball and, and make it tough if you're not making shots. And John Henson, do you agree with me on that? I mean, because obviously you played at the highest level. The difference for guards, especially for guards, between the NBA and college, no matter how hyped you were coming in, you know, if you struggle right. shooting, I, I think college can make it difficult for you. Yeah, and then you know, there's such. Uh, emphasis on shooting now more you know more so than any time ever in this game so naturally guys are going to try to shoot a little more than maybe back in the day if you weren't a good shooter you would try to get to the rack and create in college and then you know the NBA obviously it's more space and you've got more talented players and, and you know there's two or three guys that kind of do what they do and, and everybody feels in their roles so you know with with Wagner he's gonna have to figure out how to get that ball to go in he's he's got good form he can shoot the ball just a conference thing. I saw they said Reed Shepard had went to the gym with his parents and they rebounded for him the night before the game or a couple nights before the game. And it looks like it translated. So maybe he needs to take a page out of Reed's book, go shoot with him a little bit. And because uh, I think also it's a confidence thing. The more you shoot, the more you get into the gym. The the best shooters I've ever seen were the hardest workers. I don't think it's any other way around it. And uh, so, you know, I think Wagner will figure it out. And when he does with Bradshaw coming back with what they have now, um, Kentucky could be there right there at the end uh, as long as they don't kind of hit that wall, you know, with the young guys. You know, obviously Mitchell's been playing a while, so he'll be fine. But, you know, if they can keep improving and, and not hit a wall, I see Kentucky being a team at the end that can, um, you know, make some noise for sure. Yeah. Now and, we're, and, we're, well, now we're coming to break, but but Wag, but Wag, and I agree, John Henson, that, that, that Wagner, I mean, he's going to be – the more he plays, the more he feels comfortable yeah. in college, the better he's going to continue to be. I think there's a there's so much potential and upside with Kentucky because, like I said, right now their mix is pretty darn good, and you haven't even had Bradshaw. Now, when Bradshaw comes back, help you hurt you. I mean, of course, his talent is undeniable, but you know sometimes chemistry. So that's going to be a and where Coach Calipari is a master at that stuff, he'll figure it out. But that's the deal on that is you'll have to figure because that takes minutes away from guys because Bradshaw is a guy that can play. 25, 30 minutes a game. He's a pro prospect. So that would be interesting to figure that out. John, hey, I thought you were a John point Calipari. guard, man. I thought you facilitated. Poor, poor, you know, you poor poor John Calipari's got a lottery pick coming back, and we're like, oh, what's he gonna do? Jesus. I mean, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. You gotta love yeah. it. 
That's right. That's right. Hey, Josh, you're supposed to be a point guard, man. You're supposed to, you know, facilitate here a little bit, man. You're taking all the shots from me. You're taking all the shots from me here on the show. I so love far. you, John. You That's know fine. I love John Mark. You know I love you. No, you're, no, it's it's great to uh, it's great to work with you, man. Life comes full circle. It's uh, it, it's honestly uh, uh, incredible. Uh, we got a lot more to get to. Chris Beard's undefeated at Ole Miss. Is this going to be up for him at Oxford? Talk about that later. You're watching the Field of 68 After Dark. Back after this. Are you a college basketball junkie? Are you the kind of fan that gets frustrated that this beautiful sport has such a lack of national coverage outside of the month of March? Well, let me tell you about the Field of 68, an all-encompassing digital network podcasts, live streams, and newsletters that cover the sport at every level on every platform. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, the only way to keep up with college basketball is through the Field of 68. In the first Field of 68 tip-off, three of the preeminent mid-major programs in the country, three of the best coaches, November 30th, Liberty versus FAU, December 1st, Liberty versus Charleston, December 2nd, Charleston versus FAU. Three up-and-coming programs come together in a very, very creative entity. There's a reason we're called the Field of 68, right? We want to cover all of college basketball. We are calling it the Field of 68 Tip-Off. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. We're on social media on 
on X. We're on YouTube after this show wraps up uh, in about 45 minutes. We're going to be on Stadium, and we're going to be answering all of your burning questions on last call. So if you want to ask Josh Passner a question, you want to ask John Henson a question, uh, certainly uh, you can do that, get that in uh, in the YouTube chat, and we'll get to those. I mean, I assume, Josh, you were sort of flirting like, oh, you may need to get to bed. I assume you're going to be around for last call. I don't want to advertise that you're going to be answering questions I'll if you've got to get to sleep, man. I'll be there. It's past my bedtime, but I'll be there. All right. So get those get those in uh, in the YouTube chat. All right. Few a uh, few results we need to discuss here. Uh, as Damon Stoudemire, first year head coach uh, there at Georgia Tech, Mighty Mouse knocks off top twenty five Mississippi State. Short stay for them in the top twenty five. It feels like uh, with the win by Georgia Tech. Final 67 to 59. Josh, obviously you were just at Georgia Tech uh, before you decided to join us here at Field of 68. So you know sort of the challenges, you know sort of some of the obstacles. Um, just knowing Damon, having worked with him in the past, uh, how big of a win is this for him? And what kind of a statement is it for him at Georgia Tech to get this done? Well, look, you got to give Damon, their staff, you know, and, and the team a lot of credit because they had a tough game last week for Cincinnati at Cincinnati. You know, they obviously didn't play well and, and, and for them to bounce back. And I mean, anybody that knows in sports, when you have a tough loss and just <laughs> the, the ball's not bouncing your way to be able to bounce back about a week later and then beat a really good Mississippi state team. Um, uh, that's a big win. It's a big win for Damon big win for the program. There's no denying that. And so there's a lot of credit to, to be able to, to, that I believe in coaching and even in sports, the, you know, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to bounce back after a, you know, after a tough loss, after a hard stretch. Um, and, and that's a real credit to, to coaches who are able to get their guys back on that. So um, yes, Mississippi state, you know, won't be in the top 25 long, obviously after the loss, but Credit to a really good win for Georgia Tech against a you know a very good uh, Mississippi State team coached by Chris Jans who who um, you know watching some of the game that you know I thought Georgia Tech was able to penetrate against Mississippi State you know Mississippi State defensively obviously is known especially for Chris Jans about uh, how good half court defensively I thought Georgia Tech got some great looks and Miles Kelly had some big shots uh, Miles Kelly's a really good player and. Um, uh, he was there with me for, for a couple of years and his, his talent is outstanding and you can just see it, um, you know, him making some big, you know, big shots and in times when Mississippi state was making a run as well, too. Funny yep. thing, John, and you know, this, uh, Mississippi state has DJ Jeffries on their team. I was recruiting yeah. DJ Jeffries back when I was a head coach at Memphis. That's how long he's been in college. <laughs> And, and with the with the you know, the COVID year and everything else, I mean, you know that. I mean, I you know because he was an Olive Branch uh, Mississippi kid, yep. and I remember recruiting the heck out of him when I was over at Memphis. It just shows you, you know, the the longevity now with additional years of stuff. So seeing DJ Jeffries there, but really good win for Damon. Really good win for Georgia Tech. A lot of credit to be able to yeah. bounce back after a tough loss on that to to get a a, a big time win against a you know a really good program. Yeah, you threw Penny the yeah. lob on DJ. <laughs> So, so, so thanks for that, for sure. Yeah. Go ahead, John. What were you going to say? Yeah, I mean, I think the 16-5 to 5 advantage in points off turnovers, that's the story of the game. Uh, they won by 12 points, or they won by eight. or Yeah, it looks like they won by eight. So, yeah, that, that might have been the story of the game. And I watched the second half start. Mississippi State, which is not a 
historically good three-point shooting team shoots, I think the first nine shots were threes. It's almost like they abandoned the game plan when yep. things got real, which is a lesson they'll learn. Um, James, after the game, said himself, <laughs> we learned a valuable lesson. I hope we can stay away from learning valuable lessons because I think that's what they did. They kind of abandoned the game plan and, you know, thought they could do it on their own. And this was probably a good loss for them to learn a few, you know, learn some lessons. Um, Georgia Tech was big and athletic. Jans also said, hey, we, we played teams was as big but not as athletic. So I, I think it was an adjustment. We, we were kind of low on Georgia Tech, um, I guess, coming in, coming the last two losses. But, you know, they look good. And shout out to the ACC getting a win from a top 25 team in this challenge. So, uh, yeah. you know, hope keep it going because yeah. we're, we're down ACC right now. So hopefully they can show some fight mm. in this battle right now. And, 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 and I thought Georgia Tech had total control of the engagement. The entire game, even when Mississippi State made a little bit of run, as I mentioned, Miles Kelly would hit a big shot. Georgia Tech really controlled the game, and I thought defensively, they did a great job at stunting all over the floor against Mississippi State defensively. Uh, when I say stunning, just having you know multiple guys kind of digging at the ball, um, you know, with their with their body and their hands, and and really, uh, I thought affected Mississippi State uh, just on the way they played defense. Yeah, moving moving around the ACC SEC challenge, you, you did get uh, another one. You did get uh, Syracuse beating LSU, beating the brakes off them, eighty to fifty seven uh, tonight uh, against LSU. Judah Mintz goes off for thirty three. It kind of felt like John that that Syracuse had to have one like this. I mean, when they've sort of stepped up in competition, I don't really know if LSU is a quote-unquote competition given what they've been doing, but they it really mm -hmm. felt like they had to have one like this, didn't it? Yes, and and I, you know, watching Syracuse, you can see you can see it there. Like, you can see the talent. You can see the, the potential for them to be a decent team. And tonight, it kind of all came together. Mind you, against an LSU team that we aren't very high on. But I said even before this, when uh, I think they were out, were they out in Maui, um, I like Sarah Judah Mintz to be the leading scorer in the ACC by the end of the year. I think he's that good. They're going to need him to be that good. And, um, you know, they tonight was a night that they're 5-2. and two. They just beat a decent LSU team. I, I think we can't be mad at where they're at considering the uh, circumstances, new coach, new system, right? They're playing a little man. They're, they're mixing this up, but they're playing a little man. They're playing a little faster. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see the, kind of the growth of that program under someone, you know, who – you know, taking control after what Jim Behan's been there for 30 years. So it's going to be fun to see. Yeah. Coach, and, and uh, you know exactly what that's like, right? I mean, I was going to say, I mean, you, yep. if people don't know, right? I mean, you uh, were 24 years old when you got the job at Memphis after John Calipari took the job at Kentucky. Uh, what, what, by the way, what we were trying to figure this out today. Were you the eighth or ninth guy that, that <laughs> Memphis called? Maybe even twelfth or thirteenth or fourteenth. Okay, I, I, as you know, I always said. It, I mean, I was at the right place, at the right time. There was about one point six million coaches um, of all levels, from junior Absolutely. high to pro, that were more deserving of the head Memphis job. But nobody wanted to follow Calipari, and they still had to run a program. So I just happened to be the last man hanging around, and I was fortunate that right. R.C. Johnson gave me an opportunity on that. But I get it when you're following a legend like that. Uh, uh, kind of like what Coach Autry's doing with Coach Beheim. Look, he can't be Coach Beheim. He's got to be himself. And and this is a massive win for him and and his first year at mm -hmm. Syracuse. I mean, you know, look, they they struggled scoring in 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 the Maui Invitational that was obviously played in Honolulu. 
um, uh, this this year through the through the fires in Maui, but um, uh, they struggled really scoring until they played against Chaminade, and they were able to pick up that win. But a couple things. LSU, 19 turnovers tonight. Hard to win a game against a quality opponent when you're turning it over like that. That's just a lot. It's too many. And to Syracuse's credit, they shot the daylights out of it. And Judah Mintz, who I think could be the leading scorer, as mentioned in the, in the entire ACC, I think the key for Syracuse is going to be they're going to need uh, Starling, J.J. Starling, who's a transfer from Notre Dame, to really be at a high level for him this year. He's got to be better – just shooting the ball. He's got to be better offensively for them to give him another, you know, tandem guard back there to, where, where not everything's focused on on, on Judah Mintz. But, um, you know, Bell had was 6 for 10 from 3. They shot over 50% from 3-point range. Big win for Coach Autry. Um, and, um, and, again, it's a signature win for him to be able to get that win considering, you know, you're replacing a guy that's – because when you move over 6 inches, John – um, you know, you're, you're making suggestions all the time as an assistant, but when you move mm-hmm. over six inches to that head chair, man, the decision-making, everything falls on you, and it is yep. a big deal. Those six inches matter. I mean, you're, you're thinking about that. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. And so to, 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 Coach, Autry, yeah, to, the, to Coach Autry's credit, um, you know, massive win for, for them tonight. It's a well-compensated yeah. six inches, however. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're right on that. It, you, you, it, it's, a, it's an upgrading pay, but you're, come, there's a, you're, you're right. The pay is incredible. To be a, to be yeah. a basketball coach, it's a, it's a blessing. It, to be a head coach and, and to get the pay, it's, un, it's incredible. Um, but, there's a lot of, but there's a lot of internal pressure. There's a lot of – I mean, look, when you're staying on that sidelines, it can be lonely at times when things aren't going well or – I come. I commend all coaches. I, I co- people ask me, "Hey, man, you want to coach?" I'm like, "Hell no!" Right? Yeah. Like that. I because you have to be. It's it's a gift, man. I think it's a gift. Just like no, someone's it, good at basketball, just like someone's good at other things. I think coaching yeah. is a gift. It, it's a God-given ability to be able to you know manage and you know help young men be successful on the court and off the court. So yeah. I respect all coaches. Love all coaches. <laughs> Count me out. <laughs> That's good to know. You hey, won't be taking any of our jobs, John. That's a good thing. So, nah. you, 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 hey, look, I'll come on. You know, administrative assistant. You know, if one of my guys gets a job, you know, Harrison Barnes is my guy. I know he's going to be in the mix with some stuff, but like, it, 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 to be yep. the head guy, like you say, coach, it's 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 a it different ball game because you know what? Yeah. When when it's when when things are going well, it's you don't get the credit. When things aren't, you you get the you get the credit. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah, it's life, Josh. It's it's. It's like I tell my wife, every inch matters. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll leave that to you, I, but I, I'll, I'll stick on the basketball side. And, and well, I was just and, saying, it, you know, it may not be six, but, you know, it, it uh, <laughs> every inch matters. Uh, but six more inches, you, get, you, know, you know, you're, you're the guy. Six more. That's it. That's all it takes. Absolutely. Uh, okay, really quickly here. Chris Beard has not lost a game yet at Ole Miss. Uh, NC State not ranked, but still, I mean, it's a it's an ACC SEC challenge game, and Ole Miss handled them. Musa Cisse, I believe, did suit up and play in this one, and it held NC State to fifty two points. At it, um, Josh, Chris Beard taking this job. You've played Ole Miss in series in years past. You know it's a hard job. Is this potentially going to be a quick stop for him in Oxford, based on what you've seen from them so far? Well, I don't know if it's going to be a quick stop. I mean, how many more places can you go? I mean, I, I, I mean, in this day and age, I don't know if it matters being at a 
you know, a, a blue blood so-called, I don't, I don't think it matters anymore just because everything's based on NIL or the pay for place scenarios. And so it really comes down to how much NIL you have. You don't have to be at a blue blood to be able to do that. So I don't know if this is a quick stop for, for coach Beard. Uh, um, I think this could be a long-term place for him. I mean, he's, he's obviously an elite coach at what he's done everywhere he's been. He's won. Um, their teams compete. They play hard. They defend. Um, they they win 50-50 balls. I mean, they dive on the floor. They're and and he's got it going. And um, um, you know, look and, and and the guy who he who he replaced, want to give a shout out to and credit to because you know a lot of those guys, there are some really good players left there as well too. And and Kermit Davis and um, who's an excellent coach as well too. But um, you know, Chris Beards are you know one of the best in the game and i don't see him making this a short-term stop i look at it be a long term for him and he can win big there at old miss it just increases how great the sec is going to be you know in that conference for yep. the long term uh, by the way yeah. musa cisse did not he just got cleared yeah, he, did. he didn't play tonight but he, got he, cleared, just, but he, didn't play. he just exactly. got cleared yeah right right there's some money down there in Ole Miss too. I mean, there's 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 resources down there in Ole Miss. Um, you know, I, actually, one of my friends went there. Obviously, the football program is the football program, but you know, it's not a bad little sneaky spot to kind of make some noise in. And then, you know, uh, like you know, as far as long term, you know, I agree with Coach Pastor. I think this could be a spot where he could be for a while until you know maybe something big opens up. But um, I don't know, kind of fits him a little bit, man. Kind of off the radar, you know, but still in the mix as far as being an SEC. Um, the results show he is he he does what he does, man. He he's a he's a great coach. Whatever he has, he's gonna win with. Um, so shout out to him getting back on track and uh, you know, getting this Ole Miss team that, you know, people to talk about this Ole Miss team, which we haven't talked about since Marshall Henderson. You know, I don't, I don't even remember right. what that was, but uh yeah. Well and, yeah, and real like, quick, uh, yeah. Real quick, the think about the teams we discussed today. Miami lost, Mississippi State lost, LSU lost. NC State loss. If you look at one of the common denominators between those on those four teams, poor three-point shooting. North Carolina State tonight, 12% from three. You know, they have end up having 13 turnovers. The lack of shooting makes a big difference. Shooting's everything. If you're making shots, as simple as that sounds, that's a big deal. No, it, it absolutely is. Uh, and so far, so good for Chris Beard in uh, Oxford. No question about it. Do John Henson Steels have their hands full with the volunteers? We'll get his thoughts on that matchup and more when we get back. You're watching the Field of 68 After Dark. Stick around. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the Field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD. 1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. 
And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When crossing state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome back to Field of 68 after dark we are going through all of the uh juicy matchups that have taken place already tonight and that are coming up this week i'm john martin here with josh passner former memphis and georgia tech coach here with john henson north carolina tar heel former nba player uh as we speak clemson and alabama uh just uh just around five minutes left in that one on espn clemson uh up about two possessions here 70 to 64 so we will certainly keep an eye on that that one uh when it does go final if you got some questions that you want either of these gentlemen to answer you know where to put them the youtube chat after this show ends in about 30 minutes or so we're going to head over to stadium for last call and we're going to get to those questions so if you have not gotten those in make sure you get those in all right john let's start with you uh certainly to me one of the more intriguing games of this entire event tennessee north carolina tennessee really needs a win uh they've they've competed and they've certainly looked like a heavyweight but they have not been able to come out on the right side of things in these matchups um how do you assess how these two it feels like a little bit of a clash uh how do you think north carolina can handle uh tennessee's physicality how do you see this one shaking out you know we're not talking a lot about you know cormac ryan but he might not play tomorrow and he brings kind of a little edge to to Carolina. Kind of see him get into the game, get into his teammates, a little bit of energy, shoots the ball really well. Um, so if he doesn't play, I think that affects the game more than people are going to talk about. But if he does, man, this is just going to be a – it's going to be a battle, man. You got Armando down there. You got – we got – we got – you know, we have smaller guards. So Tennessee kind of – we might have trouble in that department defending their size on the perimeter. But – um I think this is a big game for both programs. Tennessee needs to finally knock off knock off someone that's higher ranked, you know, finally finish a game. And North Carolina still is trying to prove that we are still the Tar Heels of old, uh, top 
a top tier team, a blue blood program. So I'm excited about this game tomorrow. Is it at Tennessee or is it, is it at Tennessee? Is it at, let's see here. Oh, it's in Chapel Chapel Hill. Hill. Okay. I love that for us. Hopefully um, the Tar Heels can finish off a, I would say a top 10 team and, and make some noise. But either way, Tennessee's four and three, and North Carolina's five and five and two. I think this is kind of an early season must win for resume building, uh, for resume building purposes uh, on both programs. Yeah, I agree totally. Josh, it was a little different for you, uh, sort of when you compare your stops, right? At Memphis, at Georgia Tech, it was probably, it, it was definitely a lot more important for you at Memphis to have that solid out-of-conference schedule so that you wouldn't get slotted as a sixth seed if you won 31 games, which you did anyway. But if you're Rick Barnes <laughs> in the situation, is there a level of frustration given that you're playing such a strong schedule and your record's going to be what it is? It may be four and three. It may be four and four, yet you're playing. The t- like, I'm just – how do you sort of square that as a coach, right? You're playing the – and you're competing and you're right there, maybe a possession, you know, away, but your record is what it is. Yeah, no, I mean, this is a big game for Tennessee, and I'm really high on Tennessee. In fact, when I was on uh, uh, doing uh, ESPN last week bef- during the during uh, the Maui, I kept saying, I think Tennessee's going to win the event. I, I mean, I was really, really high on Tennessee. I watched them play Wisconsin. They won at Wisconsin, which is an incredible win, hard to win on the road anytime in, in sports, but to do it at Wisconsin is really hard to do. They have a stud in Dalton Connect. Uh, who was the big sky player of the year last year and um, uh, at Northern Colorado and who's kind of not a lot of people knew about and just he could really, really play. Uh, but they came out with two losses. I mean, they played two tough teams in, in Maui, but those two losses. And so here they are, they're, you know, another big game for them right here with, with North Carolina at Carolina. What John Henson just said is he's right. If Cormac Ryan doesn't play, that's a big loss for North Carolina he hurt himself right late in the game versus Villanova towards the very end. Because of his shooting, it can really change things of, of his spacing. And he's a good defender as well, too. So this is a big game for Tennessee. Look, win or lose, Tennessee's going to be fine. They're going to be a tournament team no matter what happens, even if they lose this game. But just as in terms of seeding, they have the game, they have won the game at Wisconsin. This would go a long way for them when it, when you're dealing with seeding in, in March. Yeah, bouncing around, uh, Arkansas taking on Duke. Uh, I believe that is – is that in Cameron? Is that in Cameron, by the that's way? At that's Cameron. I'm that's at Arkansas. That's at Arkansas. Oh, it's at Arkansas. Okay. It, it, John, is that going to matter? Is it going to matter where this game is played when you think about the season that Arkansas has had? I mean, they were a uh, 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 sort of trendy pick to win the SEC, mm-hmm. had a disastrous battle for Atlantis, lose to Memphis, lose to North Carolina. We'll see on Tremont Mark's status. Um is there any chance that Arkansas, even in Fayetteville, can keep this game close based on what you've seen from them? Um, I would, I'm would. i sure they would prefer in Fayetteville. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back. You know, they've had some t- a couple of tough losses to good teams. So I don't think Duke should underestimate the level of play and, and if they're just going to come in and just sweep them off the floor. But uh, Duke does look like a superior team in Cameron. As we know, it's always tough. Wait, it's in Arkansas. Is that Arkansas? Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, Arkansas. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, this gives them a little bit of a chance, and I'm going to say. So um, I don't think it matters, per se, win or loss. Um, I think Duke is the better team. Um, but it would be a good test for Duke to come down to Arkansas and, and 
you know, try to win a game in a tough environment. Um, Arkansas is kind of the victim of that, you know, we call it portal hunting, right? You know, you're going to – some years are going to be good. Mm-hmm. Some years are going to be bad. That's just kind of how it goes in this kind of era of, of basketball, especially with NIL, um, you know, when you don't have a lot of continuity per se. But um, they're a team that, that's – you're going to have to beat them. They're not going to lay down, and it's going to be a fun game to watch. Hopefully Duke can show a maturity level of going somewhere on the road and getting a win um, that isn't necessarily going to be easy to get. Arkansas is going to be juiced up for them. They are Duke. Uh, yep. So with Filipowski and those guys and, and Roach, and, and I think they'll be fine. Well, that's the beauty of yeah. it, right? That's the beauty of it. You may you may think that uh, you know you John may think that Arkansas can keep this game close uh, and win it. I don't know. I don't know what the point spread is going to be, right? It's not out yet, but that's the beauty of an app like yeah. Vaulted. I think Duke's going to wipe the floor with them. And so, if you have an opinion that's different from your friends, go to Vaulted. It's an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It's the place to store your own bold predictions forever. And by using the Vaulted Challenge feature, you can prove. You're smarter than your friends. So go download the Vaulted app and give it a try for free. Vaulted is spelled V-L-T-E-D, and it's the app to challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools without any entry fee. Download Vaulted today. Josh, obviously, Eric Musselman is a fantastic coach who has proven uh, in the most meaningful parts of a college basketball season, which is March. He's got a challenge on his hands right now, though, with Duke coming in and after the week they had. So knowing sort of what goes into this, what are you telling your team right now? How are you sort of keeping them together, keeping this thing, you know, uh, from being unglued? Is it even something that you say? I mean, how do you handle what seems like an early crossroads for the Razorbacks? Yeah, John, a couple things. Uh, One, this is a humongous game for Arkansas. I mean, there's enough challenges playing against, you know, playing against Duke. Filipowski, who's a a stud and a potential – you know, ACC player of the year, uh, potential type of, you know, first team All-American when it's all said and done. Um, uh, but what I would tell you is Arkansas has lost three of the last four versus Stanford. They had to go to double overtime. They, Stanford should have beat Arkansas. I mean, they had them beat. Yep. Yep. Credit to Arkansas. They made some shots late and they had to beat them and Arkansas mm-hmm. beat Stanford in double overtime. So, you know, you, you're looking there. They could have easily been on a four-game lo- losing streak. And and after this game, they've got Furman, which is not a gimme. Furman, is, with yep. you know, coached by Bob Ritchie, they, they're hard to play against. <laughs> they are hard to play against. They are a good team. I mean, they are a good team. They beat Virginia last year in the tournament. And then they come right back after that, and they play Oklahoma. So this is a humongous game for Arkansas. Now, it's hard to win at Arkansas. So for Duke's going to have their challenges because at Bud Walton Arena, with the, that place is going to be rocking. Mm-hmm. It's going to be loud. Coach Musselman will have them jacked up, ready to go. Um, but this this game, I think, could really dictate the season either direction for Arkansas, either in a tremendous way and and it just takes them off and gets them recentered and, and they and they have a heck of a year, or it could really put them further behind the eight ball and. Um, and that's going to be interesting. And that's this is a humongous game tomorrow. It's a lot at stake. Even though we're happy to hit December, it's it's a big time game for Arkansas tomorrow. Big time. John, no Tremont Mark probably too though. Right. I mean, that's a that's, that's obviously a huge last issue. A hundred percent. When you look at Arkansas and you're trying to diagnose their struggles, what jumps out at you, John? 
I think they just coming back to Traymon. I think they put too much on put too much on him to just kind of you know save them and 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 you know they feeling around him. As a team, they're 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 decent from top to bottom if you look at their roster. But you know, with no mark, I mean, it, I, I don't know. If, I mean, I don't think it's gonna be close tomorrow. So um, as far in reference to how they're gonna play, t- Furman coming up, like Coach Passner said. Uh, if they don't have him, it's going to get ugly down there. Um, so hopefully he gets healthy enough. But as a team, they've, they've got to just figure out their identity, what they want to be. Coach Musselman is really good. I'm sure he'll figure it out. And hopefully they get a win tomorrow, man. He can take off his shirt and wave it around. I'm, I can't wait to see that. I, I, I love that type of stuff. So uh, I love to be coached by guys like that, man. They're just fun and, and do the thing. So yeah, that, that would be awesome. Uh, we got a minute here, Josh, before we go to break. want to touch on this last matchup. You have, again, desperation is sort of the theme here. Texas A&M and Virginia, uh, each team really needs a win. How do you sort of handicap this matchup? Yeah, I know we got a short time. I love this game to elite. I love Buzz. I love Buzz Williams. He, he's an underrated coach, one of the best there is in the country. Obviously, Tony Bennett, everyone knows how great he is. This is back when when Buzz was playing at was coaching at Virginia Tech and Virginia had great matchups. This is a big time game. It is at Virginia, and and Texas A&M has uh, the uh, the Wade Taylor young man who's a stud, one of the best guards, maybe the best players in the entire country. Big time game tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of great games on tap tomorrow. Uh, when we come back, panic meter. Josh is not a man that panics, but we're going to see if maybe there are a few programs that have him a little antsy. Stick around. You're watching the Field of 68 After Dark. Back after this. Are you a college basketball junkie? Are you the kind of fan that gets frustrated that this beautiful sport has such a lack of national coverage outside of the month of March? Well, let me tell you about the Field of 68, an all-encompassing digital network podcasts, live streams, and newsletters that cover the sport at every level on every platform. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, the only way to keep up with college basketball is through the field of 68. In the first field of 68 tip-off, three of the preeminent mid-major programs in the country, three of the best coaches, November 30th, Liberty versus FAU, December 1st, Liberty versus Charleston, December 2nd, Charleston versus FAU. Three up-and-coming programs come together in a very, very creative entity. There's a reason we're called the field of 68, right? We want to cover all of college basketball. We are calling it the Field of 68 Tip-Off. Welcome back to Field of 68 After Dark. I'm John Martin, host and hold it down tonight with Josh Pastner, former Memphis and Georgia Tech coach, with John Henson, North Carolina Tar Heel NBA veteran. If you have some questions, get them in. We're going to be answering them on last call. Uh, Josh has promised me 
that he will not say every team is good. He has promised me that. So <laughs> if you want Josh's opinion on uh, who is and who is not uh, credible in college basketball, get those in in the YouTube chat. We'll answer them uh, in just a little bit over on Stadium. All right. In the meantime and between time, gentlemen, we're going to do a little thing we call panic meter. So I'm going to give you a team, and you're going to tell me on a scale of one to five on how worried you are. One would be not worried at all. Everything is cool. Let the cake bake. Five is, oh, my goodness, this is a disaster. What are we going to do? All right, let's start, Josh, with Arkansas. One to five, how worried are you? Well, uh, I would say based on tomorrow's game, I think the whole thing comes down. I mean, it's, and you're saying five is like you're in serious you're five in is, mode, right? Five is DEFCON one, batting down the hatches, the, sound the alarm, brother. I, I would say I would be in the middle of three right now, especially depending on if, if Tremont's not playing and, um, um, and depending on what happens. I would say right now if I'm a fan base at Arkansas – I'd probably be right at three, knowing that tomorrow's game and the next, not only tomorrow's game, Furman and then Oklahoma, the, the stretch of what could happen, uh, I'd be at three right now. John? I'm going to go three, two. I, I like that number. Um, yeah, it, it, it could, by tomorrow night, it could go. It could it could go haywire over there. So we're gonna keep it at a three. We're not gonna win it yet, but uh, <laughs> right now we're keeping we're keeping solid. We're not gonna go too crazy, but tomorrow, depending on how they look against a really good Duke team, obviously, um, it could change. And and yeah. but now uh, that that place is gonna be that place is gonna be rocking tomorrow at Bud Walton Arena. I mean, it's it is. I don't know if you've played there or not, John. Um, if you if you've played there, I'm not sure, but if 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 you have, I mean, it's a that place is loud. And uh, it's one of the great home court advantages, you know, and they're going to be loud tomorrow. And, um, you know, and obviously, uh, John Martin, you know this, me being a former head coach at Memphis, I do want to say this. That was a huge win for Memphis beating Arkansas. People that know that rivalry of those two teams in that, you know, kind of that area, how big that is for just the historical aspect of Memphis, Arkansas, when those two played in, in the Bahamas, nationally and i don't think everyone understood it but people who in that in that area right. understood that was a big win for memphis um and and a tough loss for arkansas no, absolutely especially considering they were ranked as well that was a big one for penny yeah. hardaway uh but 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 memphis isn't on this list right memphis is five and one they should be in the top 25 it was a traps they were left out but that's not what we're here to talk about michigan state is 500 and again we know our default setting with Tom Izzo is that we're going to look up in March and they're going to be in the Elite Eight. Uh, how worried are you, Josh, about Michigan State, one to five? I, I would say two, and the only reason for not for at a two, uh, because I, they're going to get it turned around. Um, they've, they've obviously played a tough schedule. The, 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 the issue is the James Madison game that they opened up with. They lost. Um, I still think they're right. trying to figure out how to play without Hauser. Um, who who was a big shooter for them last year and really stretched the floor and opened up space for them for those guards. And they're trying to figure that out. But time and time again, Coach Izzo's found a way. They're talented, Michigan State. I mean, their goals are to get to the Final Four this year. 
And um, uh, so I think right now it's a two. I think they're going to be fine. Obviously, if they if there's another loss or two down the road, that's a different deal. But I think right now it it's it's mm -hmm. at a two. I don't think it's anything to be too concerned about. Where you at, John? Um, that graphic shows that we should panic. Um, look at those records. But um, I'm going to go 3.5 um, only because Izzo, wow. he, he sat Hogart. Well, he, he brought Hogart off the bench and Hogart off the bench today uh, and started Trey Holloman. And so um, I think they're trying to figure out what works best. And they look, I mean, you know, it's a bad team, but we can't take those for granted, as we know, in college basketball that any given night you can be beaten. So I'm going to go three and a half. I think they'll figure it out. But if you look at that historic graphic, it's looking like it's going to be a sketchy season with the potential to make the NCAA tournament um, and probably have to play <laughs> Purdue in the second weekend or the second uh, second game of the first weekend. And, and that and, graphic right there? I, you know, the Big, Ten, the Big Ten has been so strong and have gotten so many teams in the last – couple years into the tournament this year doesn't look like they're going to get as maybe as many as they've had in the past you know i mean right mm -hmm. they right. they're they've been at times getting eight nine ten almost 11 teams in uh i, I don't know based on the non-conference play to this point if they're going to get that many this year doesn't you know if, if the tournament was today it wouldn't be that so and that what happens right. is you both know this if you start beating each other up in conference play you know, it's all what you do in non-conference for those net quad one and quad two ranking wins. And so the Big Ten's got some opportunities left. And as you mentioned, John Henson, that's that's a big thing for Michigan State. They need to take, The Big Ten needs to keep winning because Purdue has done great in that. They need to have some other teams get some big wins for the Big Ten to done what they've done the last few years and trying to have as many teams as they've had, the most of any conference in the tournament. All right, last team here uh, on the Panic Meter segment before we get to last call uh, over on Stadium is Creighton. Come in once again as a top-10 team, bring most everybody back, uh, and they got their doors blown off by Colorado State. Did not have a starter in Mason Miller, but I don't think that's any excuse uh, to get beat quite like that. Uh, John, where are you on your Panic Meter on Creighton 1-5? to five? Uh, I'm going to go too, man. The Colorado State's a good team. They beat Boston College, you know. Um, so they're, they're not a slouch. They got a vote in the AP poll um, previous to. Now they're ranked, obviously. They're a top 50 Ken Pond team. So, you know, you take that name off that jersey, right, and maybe Creighton plays different, right? I think that they walked in that game seeing the Colorado State on the jersey and Colorado gave it to them, um, but I, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't say I want to panic. Colorado State's a good team. They will be there at the end. They might upset somebody next, uh, you know, in the tournament or when they get there, if they do get there, which I think they will. So I'm gonna go like, I'm gonna go one, man. I'm not. I'm not worried about. It. They they lost to a team that one. can beat them. One is one is not concerned, right? One is least. Yeah, I'd be not right? worried, right? Yeah, I'm not least. Worried, I'm not yep. Worried. Josh, how about you? Yeah, I agree with. With with John 100% on it. I mean, Colorado State's a really good team. Um, the way they the way they play offense is hard to guard, and uh, it was just one of those nights where Colorado State was on fire. Creighton was not. Creighton's got a lot of offensive weapons. Uh, they've mm -hmm. got a lot of talent, and and again, they're five and one. I mean, that was just a. It was just a. They're playing against a good team. It was a tough right. night. So, um, you know, they got a good schedule coming up now. They got Oklahoma State. They play. They got Nebraska. Those are, you know, their next two games. So those are two big games against Power 5 opponents. 
but I would agree with John that it's a. I'd be at a one right now with Creighton. I'm gonna I'm gonna add one on the fly here before we get to last call. We have a few minutes because it looks to me like, uh, yep, it looks to me like Clemson is going to knock off Alabama, which would only send Alabama out of the top twenty-five. They'd be five and two. So with Alabama at five and two again, if this result holds, holds John, uh, where are you with with the Crimson Tide? Are you are you starting to panic about them at all? You know, I, I don't know yet. I don't think I should panic because how good is Clemson? I mean, they're coming to Alabama. I'm, I'm looking at the game right now, 8176. Yeah. P.J. Hall right now has 17 and 9. He's looking like the guy over there. You know, I, I don't I don't think there's much to panic. I mean, we'll go two. Um, Clemson's clearly a good team. Yeah. Um, and Alabama's got some work to do. So uh, I don't think we should take too much stock in this game because Alabama was up by six or seven. I turn around, now it's flipped. So – I didn't yep. get to watch the game and see what happened, but uh, they they had the control. They had control of the game for the most part towards the end. Real quick, Josh, we got to do uh, we got to do our toast of the night here. Give me thirty seconds on your panic meter here with Alabama. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a big time to panic. Probably, I would say one point five two at the most. Uh, look, I think there's four teams that are just above everybody else, and then there's just everybody else. And that you know, Arizona and Purdue are the two best teams in the country. I think Kansas and Marquette are right underneath them. After that, I think there's a lot of just parity and a lot of really good teams. So I don't think there's a big time to panic right now at all in Alabama, if, if assuming Clemson holds on. It is is all so right. so college basketball is a giant the giant Spider Man meme. Everybody's just looking at each other. Is that is that what we're exactly. saying? Exactly. It's a lot of parity. <laughs> Hey, no John question. Martin, everybody's good. Everybody's good, John no, Martin. I, I, you told me you would not do this, all right? You told me you would – You this was – you're a new person now, okay? You can finally be honest and unfiltered, uh, and here you go. Never change. All right, toast the night before we get to last call. I'll kick it off. Uh, McNeese State, Will Wade, free Will Wade, goes on the road against UAB and absolutely blows their doors off, 81 to 60. So I'm going to give a toast. I got the Diet Coke going to Will Wade and McNeese State. It's not an easy job. They got the job done tonight against UAB. I'll, I'll go I'll go. Clemson, assuming they hold on to their win. Brad Burnell, Clemson, toast to Brad Burnell, winning his coach in Clemson history, big-time coach, done a heck of a job. They're going to be 6-0, and toast to Brad Burnell and the Clemson Tigers. All right, John. I'm going Michi. I'm going Michi Johnson with the with the almost a 30 ball and winning against. I mean, not a great Notre Dame team, but he looked really good tonight. It actually made a South Carolina Notre Dame game fun to watch. So cheers. All right. We're gonna move on to uh last call for Josh Pastner. For John Henson. I'm John Martin. You've been watching the field of 68 after dark back tomorrow. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. 
mypatriotsupply.com.